Welcome to the podcast of Hope Community Church. Hope exists to be a church where people can experience the transformative power of the gospel in the context of grace-centered community. We strive to be real people looking to the real Jesus for real change that can have redemptive impact among individuals, local communities, our city, and the world. For more information, visit hopecommunity.com. Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Hope Community Church. My name is Matt Ham. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we're glad you're worshiping with us this morning. I love Christmas. I believe it is the most wonderful time of the year, the happiest season of all. And I love Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol for many reasons, and I love the way Ebenezer Scrooge's nephew um, describes his deep love and appreciation for Christmas. This is in response to You know, his miserly, hand-to-the-grindstone, greedy, selfish, sad, lonely, miserable uncle telling him that Christmas is a humbug, primarily for the reason that it doesn't directly put profitable money in his pocket. And so Scrooge's nephew responds to him, there are many things from which I might have derived good by which I have not profited, I dare say, Christmas among the rest. But I am sure I have always thought of Christmas time when it has come round Apart from the veneration due to its sacred name and origin, if anything belonging to it can be apart from that, as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, and pleasant time, the only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good, and it will do me good. And I say, God bless it. Of course, for us gathered here today that know Jesus as our Savior, we have been made eternally rich and profited mightily from the message of Christmas. As Paul reminds the church in Corinth, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. This is the amazing, glorious wonder of Christmas. As Charles Wesley described in his hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Jesus came to earth to taste our sadness. He whose glories knew no end, by his life he brings us gladness. Our Redeemer, Shepherd, Friend, leaving riches without number, born within a cattle stall, this the everlasting wonder that Christ was born, the Lord of all. One of the questions I want to throw out to you this morning on Christmas Eve is, has the message of Christmas grabbed your heart with deep wonder? Or are you here because you've grown up traditionally participating in Christmas-type services, and you're familiar with all the hymns and carols that we have sung. You're familiar with the passages that we reference, but it doesn't really move the needle of your heart at all. At the report of the angels, we are told in Luke's gospel that the shepherds could barely grasp this good news, that tonight in the city of David, not a prophet, teacher, example, or king was born, but a savior And that that declaration meant good news, even for them. Shepherds who were so disrespected in their culture, they weren't even allowed to give testimony in the court of law. 
hearing this news, the text tells us that they went with haste to find Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus lying in a manger to determine if what was reported to them was true. In verse 18 and 19, it says that all who heard the Christmas message wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. When I asked you originally, has the Christmas message grabbed your heart with wonder and amazement? If you could honestly answer no, I can go throughout my days, even in the Advent season, without giving much thought to the message of Christmas, then maybe the reason is right in front of us. Maybe even if you've said, I've heard it, you're not really pondering and treasuring these things in your heart. So there's an invitation for us this morning in just a few short moments for us to ponder and treasure together the staggering declaration of God's love for his people, a declaration so great the angels in heaven couldn't fathom that he loved you and I that much. One of the things I love about Christmas and the Advent season is all the singing and the Christmas hymns and carols, the amazing, powerful truths that they convey. We've sung so many of them this morning. The particular one that's grabbed my heart and attention the past few weeks, we just finished singing in a holy night when we read, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till Jesus appeared and the soul felt its worth. Pining isn't a term that I at least used on a regular basis, so I had to look it up to make sure I was precise with the definition. And the old Oxford English Dictionary says that pining means to suffer physical and mental decline primarily from a broken heart. Now, maybe you're nodding your head saying, yeah, I resonate more with that than when you led by saying Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, the happiest season of all. Maybe for you, Christmas brings up a sense of heaviness, a sense of sadness and loss, more of a focus on family members who aren't here, other parts or hardships in your life that you're currently experiencing. I want you to know that you're not alone. Throughout the scriptures, God communicates to us a clear awareness of what it's like for his people to live in a broken and fallen world where disease, death, and decay oftentimes seem to win. Even as Psalm 13 says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? How long, O oh Lord, is there any hope that real change is possible in my life? Of course, the deeper question beneath that question is, Lord, do you actually see me? Do you see the sorrow bound up in my heart, the anxiety, the worry, the fear that I carry with me throughout the day? And more than that, do you actually care? Thankfully, the overwhelmingly strong and clear answer of Christmas is yes. Our King and Savior cares. He cares enough to say, I see you and know you. I love you and care for you more than you could possibly dare to believe. And that's why I took on flesh and did the unthinkable making myself a weak and vulnerable baby, coming to earth to taste your sadness, he whose glories knew no end. That's why I love that the line stating that long lay the world in sin and error pining is immediately followed by till Jesus appeared 
and not, they were encouraged, or now they had a good example. But Jesus appeared, and the soul felt its worth. See, the message of Christmas is that you matter enough to the King of kings and Lord of lords, regardless of the circumstances of your life regardless of any successes or failures that you think can be credited to you, you matter enough to the one true king that he gave away everything so that you could belong to him. That's absolutely amazing. It is so easy to say it without it really grabbing and sinking deeply into your heart. When Mary heard the declaration from Gabriel You do not need to be afraid, for you have found favor with God. She struggled to believe that could be true for her. When the shepherds heard the good news given to them, they wrestled mightily to grasp that that could be true. Even the angels in heaven, as they observed God's love for us, was so great that he willingly entered in. They wrestled to wrap their minds around it. I love the way Tim Keller explains it. He said, it is almost too limiting to say that we celebrate this good news at Christmas. We stare dumbstruck, lost in wonder, love, and praise. This perennial note of surprise is a mark of anyone who understands the essence of the Christmas message, which is the gospel. So let me reframe my original question and instead ask you, are you lost in wonder dumbstruck, overwhelmed with the love of God that you are reminded of at Christmas? Of course, the answer needs to be, how can I know? We say this regularly. One of the most damning aspects of our sin nature is that it can blind us to reality. It can make us unaware of where we really are in relation to God and others, which is why, again, I love the next line of O Holy Night." In considering how can I truly know that I'm lost in wonder, overwhelmed with the love of God, it says a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. See, when the good news of Christmas begins to take root deep in your heart, regardless of the circumstances you currently face, no matter how bleak they may seem, your weary heart can and will rejoice. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. As Keller often said, as Brian even referenced, the gospel changes everything. The gospel changes even the valley of the shadow of death, which makes our weary hearts rejoice. See, when that gospel truth moves out of an intellectual ascent in your head to a deeply seated experience in your hearts, it will be noticeable. At our 10 o'clock service, the Advent candle lighter um, was the Basile family. And so I think many of you know Phil and Jess Basile and their two girls. They've been here for a long time. So Phil gets up and he's like, hey, good morning. I'm Phil. This is my family. And um, we're going to light the love candle because the last candle was about the love of God. And he couldn't even get the words out. He just started weeping. And for those of you who don't know Phil, he's not like a, a massive weeper. He doesn't cry over every country song like I do. Phil's a man's man. He drives a Jeep. He's got a beard. He does CrossFit. He couldn't help it. He just couldn't help weeping. Now, Phil's been a member of this church a long time, and he would have told you for years or decades, oh, yeah, I know that God loves me. 
But he began to share that this past year has been one of the hardest years he's ever experienced where more of, of his sin has been exposed than ever before. And so there was more clear evidence and data of why he should be rejected. And he said this by God and his family. And he turned and looked at his wife. And he said, but to daily experience grace and mercy and forgiveness instead of rejection has changed my life. And for those of you who know Jess, it's not a huge surprise. She is an amazing conduit of God's grace and mercy. And so she followed it even with tears in her eyes by reading a quote from Paul Tripp about how much she needs to live out of an awareness of her need for grace and mercy. And that's what the message of the gospel can really do when it takes root deep in our hearts as it moves out of just simply intellectual ascents. And so what is the proper response as we think about this? As we think about this staggering declaration that we can take for granted and go through the emotions repeating every year at Christmas, the only appropriate response is heartfelt worship. To the degree that we recognize our worth is shaped not by anything this world has to offer, but by knowing the love, approval, and affection of our God in heaven that will change our lives. Again, O Holy Night says, in light of this, fall on your knees. O hear the angel voices. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. That does not just mean simply sing louder when you're in here. Let tears flow freely. Raise your hand. Clap if you want to. What it means to know if you're actually experiencing heartfelt worship is it will show up in the way you live in every aspect of your life. Again, the hymn tells us this. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Translation, how can I know that my heart is struck with love and wonder and amazement? Then you will begin to live not just in Christmas, but all year round, more like Ebenezer Scrooge after his salvation experience. Scrooge became as good a friend, as good a master, as good a man as the good old city knew, or any good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if many man alive possessed that knowledge, and may that truly be said of all of us. And so also, as tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray by your Holy Spirit that you will help us to love and sing and wonder, to praise your name, and to keep Christmas in our hearts all year round, because our worth is shaped by the amazing Christmas message that you love each of us enough that you left your throne of glory, came to earth to taste our sadness, he whose glories knew no ends. By his life, you bring us gladness. For you, Jesus, are our redeemer, shepherd, and our friend. Oh, may we not be so familiar with that message that we take it for granted. But instead, may it form the foundation for our entire lives, which leads to great joy. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.